The UDR cast is not affiliated and does not represent any 12-step fellowship. I, Bill Ward, the host of the UDR cast, will be sharing my experience and my journey of recovery. That does include, but is not limited to, the literature contained in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps. Our guests will be sharing their own path to recovery and what has worked for them. The UDR cast encourages and supports all paths to recovery. Welcome everybody to the UDR cast. UDR stands for Uncover, Discover and Recover. My name is Bill Ward and I'm coming to you from the recovery capital of Canada, Calgary, Alberta. Here we are going to discuss everything recovery, different perspectives, different experiences, both with the people I know and with others from around the world. If you resonate with anything you've heard on this episode today, we ask that you share it with anyone who you think may benefit from it. If you have any questions or comments, please find us at billward.life and send us a message in the info section. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. If you are interested in more recovery content, you can find the buttons for the YouTube channel and other social media outlets on the homepage, and you will be redirected to those platforms. We can recover. One person, one family, one community at a time. Okay, so we're going to start on step three, kind of because we talked about this earlier, like step three is the decision and it's like it gets all the accolades in the program, right? Everyone talks about step three and that's kind of where we want to be. That's where we're trying to get to and it has a lot of power in the rooms, right? Um, Step three is not actually the deal. Step three is the launching pad to work and try to find the deal. Jackson had mentioned step seven. Step seven is actually the deal, okay? Step seven doesn't come your first time through the steps. Step seven comes through understanding and practicing step six. As you understand and practice step six, which I'll do my best to try to articulate tonight, but step six has actually worked in step 10. So I'm going to tie this launching pad decision that we make in step three that is going to change our lives if we're willing to do what it takes. And then I'm going to tie it into the directions of the 10. And then I'm going to emphasize all of that through the six. Okay. So when we get to this page 63 in the big book, again, it's the step three prayer. Many of us said to our maker, middle of the page, God, as we understood him. And that line there is, as we understood him, is italicized. Anything in italics in the big book means it's super fucking important. Okay, and why is that important? And nobody really talks about this, but I'm going to talk about it. Does anyone know when we understood God? God is we understood him. Does anyone know when we understood God? Okay. So you, we understood God when we were babies, when we were like little children. I'm going to use a baby for an example. When you were a baby, you come out of your mom's belly and you're just this ball of love, right? The fundamental idea of God is love. It's within every man, woman, and child. 
And when you get around the presence of a little baby, you feel that, right? That, that energy of love, just everyone wants a piece of that little baby, right? And then when you hold that little baby, it's just like, fuck, it's unexplainable, right? Looking at it and watching it because it's pure. That is love. And then that baby grows up and it starts, you know, developing its ego, you know, it starts touching things that are hot and go, oh, that's hot. It fucking, you know, goes to grab this and mom says, no, don't touch that. And so we start our journey on what to do and what not to do in life. And then as we go through life, now we're learning things. We're learning what to do, what not to do. We're being influenced by society. And we just grow up into the society and we're learning all these things. And some of the things that we're learning actually aren't like really nice to us, right? A lot of us have suffered like traumas at the hands of other people, you know, had bad experiences in life. So then as we go through life with some of these bad experiences, some of these traumas, we'd start developing defense mechanisms and ways to cope with these things, right? If a kid doesn't get love, if a baby doesn't get love when they're being born or growing up, the baby will die because out of neglect of love, they, they need love. The only thing a baby really actually needs to live is love and food and your, your, you know, air, water, that kind of thing. But if it doesn't get love, it fucking, it hurts them so bad and they will die, right? So then we go through our lives and all these things happen to us. And a lot of the things that happen to us is society happens to us too. We learn, you know, how we're supposed to make money. We're learning what we're supposed to get what kind of marks in school, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to eat, finish your dinner. And then like there's a multitude of things that we're learning and growing into. And then as you grow through your life and where we get to today is now what we've developed is we've developed the ego. And when I say ego, I mean E-G-O, you edge God out. And when you think of the ego edging God out, if God is love, then the ego is acting in absence of love. So when I'm acting out in the ego, when I really peel back the layers of the ego, let's just say I'm fucking self-righteous or I'm fucking judgmental or, or whatever it is. I'm acting out in the ego. I'm living in some type of a fear and I'm acting in protecting myself using that fear. So there's no love in that. So I'm acting with the absence of love. What we're trying to get to in this program and as human beings is we're trying to get back to God as we understood him. When did we understand God? When we were first born, when we were a baby. And then we, get our, we fracture ourselves. So let's say this is love and I'm a little baby. Now I journey through life and I start developing these defense mechanisms and fractures. And I have all these like little branches of all these fractures of broken parts of me. And that's what we're calling the defects of character. And defects of character are things that I try to use to protect me. So the ego is actually really what it's trying to do is it's trying to protect you, right? When you act out in fear or you lash out at somebody, when you peel back the layers, you're just trying to protect yourself. So the ego, when you start aligning yourself with the ego, you got to like give it some compassion, okay? Because we're taught in the program that the ego's bad and all these defects are bad and everything's bad, okay? And they're not good for us. Well, once you kind of accept what the ego is, it's kind of like with your drinking and drug using. 
Until you accepted it to your deep innermost self, you couldn't work out of it into a solution. And it's the same with like lust. It's the same with pride. It's the same with self-pity. It's the same with playing the victim. The thing about, let's say, playing the victim in your own life, where you're blaming other people, and it's kind of like poor me, but you don't really like that, so you don't believe it because your mind says, no, I've been taught that that's not really the way I should be, so I say, no, I'm not like that. I'm not angry. I'm not lustful. I'm not whatever it is. But once you start peeling back the layers, and we talk about rigorous honesty, rigorous means accurate. So once you peel back layers and you fucking accept some of these truths, like, holy fuck, I am a fucking angry person. And I do treat people like shit. And I am a manipulator. And I do do these things. Until we admit these things, we can't actually grow out of them. Right? And whatever I'm going to resist persists. If I fucking hide behind you know, a layer of my anger, I'll never break through that layer of anger and I won't get well and I won't become whole again. So as we're journeying through this program, we try to unlearn the things that we learned through our lives to protect us. So everyone comes here and they're like, okay, I need to learn about this program so I can actually stay sober, right? But really, it's not about learning anything. It's really about unlearning everything. So when we look at the how it works, it talks about we had to let go of the old ideals. Um, we had to let go of old ideas or the result was nil. We had to let go absolutely. So what are the ideals that we will hold on to, right? We'll hold on to the ideals that money is going to make us happy, that women or men are going to make us happy, that, that status is going to make us happy. You know, these are the things that we worship too, like in the big book, it says, what a state of mental goose flesh this used to bring on. Who of us had not variously worshipped money, property, sentiment, things, ourselves? Well, we worship ourselves. We worship sentiment. We worship things, money. And when I say worship, I don't mean like the Christian worship. I mean, what do you think about? What are you thinking about? On a pie chart, what are your, most of your thoughts? While you're thinking about you, and what you can get, what status, what people think of you. You know, your self-pity, your resentments, your own self-seeking. Like, we're always concerned with ourselves, right? But the big one in that is the sentiments. You know, basically all of our ideologies and everything that we're seeking for ourselves is based in a belief system. And a sentiment is a belief system, okay? So we need to explore what those sentiments are. What things do I believe in and like we always think of okay I'm gonna think about the things that I believe in and I need to let things go we all know that but we usually only think about the bad things that we think are bad for us that we need to let go why because we are understanding at this point that is blocking the entry of God into us so I need to let go of the judgment of other people I need to let go of whatever it is but what about the things that you think are good for you okay because it's also the things that we think are good for us that are actually blocking God from entering into us and turning our will and our lives over to the care of God as well. So that's something that you won't hear often. Because the ideology is that we think about judgments, it's always a negative thing. 
But you got to think about what are the things that you think are good for you too. And in the big book, it talks about, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? And I've talked about this a lot. Is he not a victim? And the word victim means tricked or duped. I've been tricked or duped by who? By society. Of a whole bunch of ideologies that probably aren't really true. You know, some of what I worship, also an ideology, is when I experienced trauma when I was younger, I, I worship that trauma in a way. Because everything I do, I try to not have that happen again. So like if, let's say, uh, a young girl was, you know, hurt by a, a man, and then she has a hate on for men, her whole life is now dedicated to fucking staying away from men and building a fucking ideology that men are bad. So in a way, she's worshipping this ideology and running away from half of fucking society, right? And it can be anything, right? So understanding like the complexity of kind of how this all works together is important, but it becomes more important as you go through time. So as we looked at the step four, we're looking, we're looking at our defects of character. And in the fourth column, we all focus, especially in treatment in the fourth column. What's my part? My part's good when you're first getting in here because you need to see what your part is. But as you keep going down the recovery journey, you need to start seeing what the third column is. It affects mine my self-esteem, my pocketbook, my ambitions, my sex relations, my personal. Because those are the things that will take you down to the root. That of the fractures that happened back in your life. And at some point you got to get there, right? But when we're first going through this, we don't have to quite get there. So let's read the step three prayer. So at step three, many of us said to our maker, God, as we understood him. God, I offer myself to thee. So it's an offering. Build with me and do with me as thou wilt. So what that means is now God's going to fucking renovate me. And when you think of a renovation for a house, they fucking come in and they start ripping down the floors, they rip off the walls, they rip off the roof, they gut the fucking house. And when they're doing this, they're not fucking really all that nice about it. There's pry bars and sledgehammers and fucking pickaxes and wire snippers, like you're gutting this fucking house. Why? Because we are going to get rebuilt. So we need to be renovated, right? So the process of being rebuilt is, doesn't sound like it's going to be like fucking unicorns and rainbows all day long. There's going to be some fucking pain, right? And in the step 10, in the 12 and 12, it talks about the pains of drinking have to come before sobriety. So you guys all know this. The pains of drinking and drug using, you had to fucking go through that. You learned that you had to concede your innermost self. How do you learn? Through fucking pain. Living on the streets, doing shit you never wanted to do, fucking fucking up your family, losing your kids, whatever the fuck it is. We learned that we had to concede to our innermost self that we were alcoholic. That's the first step in recovery. So we have to learn this shit, okay? So as I'm getting renovated, so the pains of drinking before sobriety and inner turmoil before serenity. So the inner turmoil is part of this building with me and doing with me as I will. And when you're going out into life and God's like not treating you right, 
you think he's not treating you right because you're not getting in what you fucking want. You got to look at what the lesson is because the lesson in that is how you come back to the wholeness of that fractured human. So every little thing that you're presented with in your life is there to teach you something. And out of this fracture, it might only move this much when I, when I navigate it properly, it might move this much. And then I run into another situation and it moves this much. And moves this much and it moves this much. This is sometimes it's a millimeter journey of healing over a hundred mile fucking journey. The thing about it is, is you don't fucking stop doing what we're doing. And sometimes as you're going down this road of inner turmoil and it's fucking healing like this slow, you get fucking pissed off because you're not getting what you want because your desires are now getting frustrated because your desire to have whatever it is gets frustrated because you're not getting what you want. So you, then you go to frustration and you get the fuckets and you say, fuck it, fuck these people, fuck you sponsor, fuck you, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm doing this on my own. And then if you do it on your own, any life round on self-will can hardly be a success. We fucking pick up again because now I'm living in self. I'm living in the spiritual malady. And when I live in the spiritual malady, I am restless, irritable, discontented. Unless I can again experience a sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking the first few drinks. As I succumb to the desire again. Succumbed means fail to resist. We do not have the fucking power of choice in drink or drug if we're living in the spiritual malady. As we succumb to the desire again, as so many do, the phenomenon of craving develops. Meaning, I've now fucking can't handle it anymore. I need the relief and I don't have a choice. My fucking hand just grabs it and I'm fucking drinking it or I'm smoking it. And now I've set off the spree because now it's in my body. Now all bets are off. Okay, so we got to try to get way past that. So when things get fucking hard and things are going to get hard, you can't fucking stop. And you have to stop and go, what's the fucking lesson here? And when your life is fucking falling apart as you're being built with and done with as thou wilt, there's a fucking reason because God is fucking everything. And if God is fucking not everything, then he's fucking nothing. God isn't part-time in this deal. The difference between failure and success in your recovery is if you all can have God as fucking everything in your life, you'll be successful, okay? The thing that the people in the program don't do is God is only the good in their life and then they fucking manage the bad. And when you manage the bad, you're running your life. The, the fucking insanity to drink returns and you pick up the drink. Why? Because you are now running your own fucking life. Being convinced that any life run on your own self-will can hardly be a success doesn't even really, that concept doesn't really even kick in in your first round of steps, really. That concept of me running my fucking life, like today, me, I'm sitting here, I'm absolutely convinced when I run my own life based on decisions, based on self, fucking nothing good happens. That came through the years of being sober, though. So you got to be able to stay sober Understand what I'm going to deliver to you tonight. Practice this without fucking reservation at a higher level than the guy fucking beside you in the meeting. Because you look at both sides of you, those guys are fucking drunk. There's a guarantee. You want this shit? You got to fucking want it bad. And you got to fucking stay focused on what God is. And God is the seemingly bad. And God is the seemingly good. 
because you don't actually know what's good or bad. And once you just understand that you don't know what's good or bad, you'll get to what Crystal said earlier, I'm learning to accept. Because as you accept and you learn your lesson, you can navigate with no self because you're just cruising through. Life's not piling up on you and there's no need to fucking have the relief, okay? <coughs> Relieve me of the bondage of self. And when we talk about self again, we're tied to <coughs> self. We are tied and so self-concerned, okay? And in the step three earlier in this, it said the problem we think arises out of ourselves. So the problem of self arises out of myself. But when we look at self, we look at the fourth column in the step four. But why do I fucking act like that? Because the real problem isn't actually that behavior. Although that behavior steps on the toes of my fellows, that behavior is driven by the problems we think arise out of ourselves. They're deep down inside. They're the things that you learned from that baby onwards, the traumas, the belief systems, your coping mechanisms, your uh, need for validation, your need for love. That's where all of these problems we think arise out of ourselves. They're way down deep. That's third column shit. That's where they come from. And you're not fucking, you're not even in control of that, right? We talk about autonomy in this program. Your fucking subconscious, let's say shadow side, it has its own autonomy. Autonomy means self-governance, okay? So self-governance, the subconscious actually runs the fucking show on its own, unbeknownst to you. So for you to think that you have control of your own life to begin with is fucking bullshit. And when people tell you control this, control that, control this, good fucking luck. You can't control anger when it fucking comes up out of fucking nowhere and we just lash out. You can't control lust and desire for sex. There's been times where I knew for sure I wasn't getting in a relationship or fucking this chick. And then you know what? I'm fucking that chick. (laughs) And I was like (coughs) powerless. And then I fucking suffered the consequences because my decisions based in self going against God in me always has consequences. And the thing about this is, is the God that's in you is love. Like I said, the little baby. That is the fundamental idea of you. Society teaches us a whole bunch of things about our lives that go against love. Because we're supposed to go get those things for us in life. But we actually go against our core. The thing about this is when you go against your core. You create shame deep down where the problems arise. You might not know it. Because you can fucking look and see and talk to other people. And see other people doing what you're doing. And go talk to them about what it is you just did. And they're going to validate your bullshit. They're going to co-sign your shit. Why? Because everyone's doing it. Nobody even really knows it's wrong. But really, really, when you peel back the layers, a lot of the shit that we do that we are told is right, we know it's fucking wrong. But you got to get there. And you got to listen to that voice. It's like that little whisper that's always been whispering, but you covered it up with so much bullshit that it's so fucking quiet. 
Now what we're trying to do is to get that little whisper a little louder and a little louder and get that fear ego that always talks and says this is what we should do. We get that fucking quieter and we start working it the other way. Okay? So we're powerless over our behaviors, our thoughts, and our actions. This is the real crux of the program. Trying to fucking bring God in to the behaviors, to the ideas, the thoughts, and attitudes that we have that we're powerless over, that actually drive all of our behaviors that makes us pick up the drink. So I'm going to talk about shame again. When you dishonor the consciousness of yourself, you fucking create shame. And you can't see it because it's way down deep. Okay? The other way that you're going to create shame is you're going to not live up to a, maybe society says, oh, you should be making $75,000. You're this, this old and you should have kids. You should have a husband. You should have a wife. You should have all these things. You should have your shit together because who tells us? Society tells you the story. And then you're like, fuck, look at all these other people. They're married. They have kids, da, 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 da. even though they're fucking miserable. <coughs> but you don't, maybe you do know that, but you're, we live in self-delusion, I think the book said, right? I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking. The self-delusion is really important. I see fucking three sets of couples all fucking miserable. I know two of them are fucking beating their wife. Their fucking kids are fucking getting yelled at. And I'm fucking jealous of that because I'm fucking single. And so I fucking shame myself because I'm not fucking married or I don't have kids. So now I'm shaming myself on a belief system that's fucking not even mine. And fucking 50% of marriages fail anyway. Why the fuck would I want to get married for fuck's sakes? Right? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But I am saying like women especially, they want to get married, right? They want to have the kids. They want to do all these things. And those are all good things. But we can do these things. But we have to do it from a place of authenticity, not from a place of fear and ego. Because the fear and ego over time will fucking destroy your fucking relationship. Because you're not even in a relationship with your fucking self. So, as we keep reading this. Um, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties. So that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Does anyone know which, what take away my difficulties means? Take my defects. Yes. Okay. Take away my difficulties. Take away my fractured parts of myself that I act out in to ease the problems that arise out of myself. Please take these defects of character away that actually cause my problems. So take away my difficulties that cause my difficulties. That's what it's saying. And then it says, as victory over them. So as victory over them means, okay, what does victory mean? Anyone? It means I win. Yeah. Means there's a fight. Means there's some type of competition. Right, perfect. So as victory over these difficulties, as we master these defects. And when we talk about master, let's use the word master. If God is everything, then God's the fucking master. If God is love, then fucking love is the master. Okay? 
So as we use God to defeat these fucking defects, the defects are based in fear. I'm using God in faith. Love fucking disintegrates all fear. And it always disintegrates force. True power always disintegrates fucking shit. And you can see the example of this in in everyday life, right? If you and your friend are both arguing and somebody says, you know, you fucking asshole, Bill, that's force. What does that create? It creates counterforce, creates friction. I need to react. And force needs to be fed energy constantly. So then he comes back at me with some more words and I go back at him with some more words. And then next thing you know, we're fighting. He punches me, I punch him. Force always creates counterforce. Needs energy fed, to be fed constantly and that fucking avails nothing. There's never a solution with it. And what it needs is it always wants to win. It always wants to fucking be at the top. The thing about force is it can never win because it's never fucking satisfied. So in that exact same scenario, me and Buddy are yelling, I act with kindness, compassion, love, tolerance. He can come at me with his words, but if I'm actually centered in love and doing like I'm good with who I am, I can just combat him with love. I don't need to react. I can stay calm and I can respond. What happens? It disintegrates his shit and then he has nothing left to say because you'll run out of gas. Because you can't, you can't combat love. Love is incombatible. But it might take some time sometimes. It might like, sometimes it's like, well, I need to stand up for myself. So I got to fucking tell him what's up. Mm-hmm. No, this is where it's hard. You got to fucking stand in your ground and trust in fucking God and stop and go. This is why I always say you ask for God's power, not your power. Left to your power, you're working in force and fear again. That's why we have to stop when agitated or doubtful. We relax. We don't struggle. We ask for the right thought or answer. What used to be a hunch or occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of our mind. We come to rely upon it. And we start using love in every aspect of our lives. In the step seven, it says the most profound result of all is our change in our attitude towards God. Not change in our attitude towards God. Let's say change in our attitude towards love. Because we all think that, oh, I can just give love and I'm going to take my love away. You're being a piece of shit. I'm not going to fucking love you. I'm taking my love away. That's not love. That's fucking manipulation. Because when you are just love, when you are the fucking entity of love, when you are walking in the image and likeness of your creator, which is love, then you don't need to fucking give love because you just are love. That's kind of where we're trying to get to in this program. Love and tolerance of others is our code. That's in step 10. And when it says love and tolerance or love and, yeah, love and tolerance, does anyone know what tolerance means? Kind of like putting up with. Acceptance, okay. Tolerance is mistaken for tolerate, okay? But sometimes when we start this journey, we have to fucking learn tolerance through tolerating, okay? So love and tolerance is our code, but it might have to start with fucking dislike and tolerate. 
But the fact that we can hate or dislike anybody has to be abandoned, even if only a little tiny millimeter a bit at a time. We can't live in the fucking grouch and the brainstorm. That shit's poison for us. And, it, and we don't want to live there anyway. You don't want, we don't want that. Really, if you ask anyone what they really want, they want what we're trying to achieve here. They want, they want to love. They want to be loved. They want to fucking be kind. They want kindness. Like That's what human beings are actually designed with. It's the world of the material and our journey through life that actually allows us to build up all those other things that we think are okay. And why do we think they're okay? Because the rest of the world's fucking using them too. But we don't have to. And we shouldn't. And we don't want to. That's why Alcoholics Anonymous and the big book has transformed more lives on earth than fucking any, anything. Because it, it, that's the whole basis of it, right? And why do we do this work? Anyone? Why, why am I here fucking building with me, doing with me as a well? Why am I relieving myself of the bondage of self? Why am I fucking taking away my difficulties anyway? So that I can better help others. Right. So this isn't about coming here, doing this work, just so you could fucking go home and fucking be happy. Because I'll tell you what will happen if that's what you're here to try to do. You won't fucking be happy. That's not how it works. And I've seen it time and time and time and again. I've used this analogy for years. It's like, okay, here's happiness. Dump a fucking pile of sand in my hand. And in this program, here's happiness. And I squeeze this fucking happiness. Why? Because I want to wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world. By managing it well. So this is what I'm doing. I'm squeezing happiness. I'm fucking trying to get the old lady. I'm getting the status. I'm getting the job. I'm getting the bank account. I'm fucking making sure I'm happy. I'm squeezing that sand. And it all goes through my fucking fingers. And then I open my hand and what's there? Nothing. Nothing. That's the way that I've been taught to live life. That's common sense. Common sense thus becomes uncommon sense. The way that I used to live like that is now, no. If I fucking hold that sand right here, this happiness, which is love, essentially, it'll just stay there in my hand. I don't need to grab it. I don't need to force it. I just, I'm just careful with it. And I can have it for the rest of my life if I'm fucking careful. And I treat people with respect and dignity. And this whole journey that we're talking about is a journey not only for treating others with respect and dignity, through the processes of what we're doing here, you find your own authentic truth. So when you're working in force, you're always setting boundaries because society says, set the boundaries like this. Kick them out of your life. Shut the door. Block them. Do all these things and get these people out of your life. Set all these boundaries. Well, what do they set out of? Fear. They're all set in fear. But what's normal? Everyone else is doing it. So that's what we do. But we're not really happy with that. But when you get truthful with who you are, authentically truthful with who you are, you don't need to set the boundary out of being insecure. Those boundaries are set out of those fractured pieces and brokenness of you. You don't need to set it. Once you start healing, and this journey is about healing, you set it out of wholeness, out of love for your own self. You can go and say to somebody who you don't want in your life, you know what, like, 
I don't really think this relationship's going to work. I really wish you the best. And, uh, you know, I think I think I got to move on. And I wish you the best. And honestly, you really do wish them the best. Because you're not resenting them. You understand that they're emotionally ill, spiritually sick, and frequently wrong. You understand that he's had his own journey and his own fucking fractured life. But he's not awake enough and no one's taught him. But that's not up to us. So we set boundaries out of truth. And we don't need to be in relationships that we know we shouldn't be in. How many of us have been in relationships and known I shouldn't fucking be here? Right? And then we, then we rationalize and justify and tell ourselves all of these reasons. Well, I love him because blah, 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 blah. He only hit me fucking twice, you know. Um, he fucking provides me with a great life or she provides me with a great life. Like, and out of my own experience, I live this, right? I fucking live this. And every time she fucking didn't trust me or didn't, she fucking wanted my phone to look at or whatever, inside my fucking being, I'm just like, fuck. You don't even fucking know me. Like, if you fucking knew who I was, you wouldn't do this. Because I know that I'm not doing anything. I don't need you to fucking chastise me over shit I ain't doing. But then I'm like, you know, everything of short, I'm saying I'm sorry. Because I have a hard time saying sorry for shit I didn't do. But I have. Why? Just to fucking please her so that she can be right and she can be okay. And then what happens to me? My own fucking self-integrity is fucking ripped. What happens? My self-esteem is shot. Now I'm fucking living for something outside myself that doesn't serve me inside because I'm trying to wrest satisfaction and happiness through these subtle behaviors to fucking make me happy. The only thing is I'm not making me happy and because I'm not me, I sure the fuck ain't making her happy. So then this relationship's doomed to fucking fail. And I'm so scared to let it go because of whatever insecurities and overlapping codependency that I have in it that I'm fucking scared as fuck. And I'll hang on to that thread of whatever the fuck it was at one point maybe with all my dear life and I fucking hurt myself. And I deprive myself of a fucking actual good relationship somewhere with myself mostly. So this journey is about finding your authentic truth so that you can set any boundary. You have the fucking ability to stand in a conflict. Most of us won't fucking engage in conflict because we don't want conflict. But you never actually avoid the conflict that you're trying to avoid because the conflict's right fucking here and in here. So you don't really escape the conflict anyway. <clears throat> Learning how to deal with conflict on the outside of you will help you learn how to deal with the conflict inside of you. And as you learn how to deal with the conflict inside of you and outside of you, you fucking are able to stand in your truth. Some of you who have been here for the whole study have heard me talk about walking the journey of your own truth. It might not even be the truth when you stand in it, because it still might be based in some fear or some brokenness. But at least it's better than fucking not saying anything. And as you walk in the journey of truth, you will get to the truth. Because the truth that you might be walking in might need to be justified to some degree.
But real truth doesn't need to be justified. Because when we, real truth is based on love for yourself, you don't have to justify it. It just is. And then if that person can't accept that, you're okay with it. Because you know that that's your truth. And we don't have to worry about people pleasing. The important thing is, is we ask for God's power. Because these are the moments, right? These are the moments where we're going to fucking not do anything. We're just going to hide behind, you know, not wanting to have conflict or not wanting to be seen or whatever, right? So we got to like find that power in those moments. And if you're in tune with that little whisper and you hear it and you're like, fuck, this is where I should say something. You know, maybe there's a fucking girl getting gossiped about and you're standing there with the girls gossiping and it's, or the guys gossiping and you know, man. But then sometimes we'll be like, yeah, that fucking bitch, she did this. And then you know you just fucking, you double wronged it. And it's just like, fuck. But then we rationalize and justify that in our own heads and we push it away. The thing is, is you can't really push it away. Because it's down where the problems arise out of. That's why you're acting in it, for fuck's sakes. The problems we think arise out of ourself. The need for validation within my peer group. My emotional security within the peers that I'm in with that moment. Maybe it's at work. And you can't speak up because you're worried about fucking getting fired. And not having enough money for your house. Or pay the bills and for your kids and blah, blah, blah. So you're selling out your soul on all these different areas because you're so fucking afraid of your material security and how you're going to look to other people. Well, you're not doing yourself any favors. These are the moments where we have to stand up in that truth, talk to our God-centered pillars, pull on God's power. And if we have to get out of that fucking situation and I need to be fucking living at my mom's for a fucking month with my kids... The peace of mind that I have over fucking asking my mom with love and pure intention. And she says yes because she loves me. And I go and I, I suffer that humility. The, the humbling of pain in that moment where I got to live with my mom. But I can get my feet back on. And I don't have to sell my soul at this job. And I know that I'm a good person. And I know that if I'm walking in the path of my creator, he's going to fucking take care of me. That's the fucking kind of faith we're talking about. Who has that kind of fucking faith? Not many people. To fucking do these things that are fucking hard. But doing these things that are hard, they make your life fucking easy. But you got to go through the processes of actually showing God. I'm with you, bro. I'm fucking here with you. And he'll fucking lend his hand to you always. And then you get through these lessons. And then 10 years later, you're just like... Life's fucking so good because now you are working with the power of God in your life. You're not even thinking about it. Your, your life is of service. And when we get into some of this literature today, and I always talk about self-sacrifice, what I'm actually talking about and everything I'm talking about is self-sacrifice. I'm sacrificing my selfish insecurity in that moment to God and doing something different. That's self-sacrifice. I'm not going to call you a fucking asshole in that moment. I'm going to refrain. And inside I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask God to save me from being angry. This is a sick person. How can I be helpful to him? And then I calm down and I say, hey man. You know, 
I know you're hurting. I don't know what to tell you. Here's 20 bucks. Or I can give you a ride to the bus station or whatever it is. And we sacrifice our words that might have hurt him in that moment with God's help. When we start understanding the subtleties of self and turning those over, that's how you're going to get closer to God. That's how you're going to grow and build character. But how do you get there? You got to be aware of these things. You got to be fucking willing to do this without reservation. So. And we do it because what Crystal says, may I better do thy will. And when, don't, don't misconstrue what it says here that we just help others, okay? That's not all we're talking about. Yes, we help others. But we fucking help others. Altruism doesn't mean we just do altruism like actions. Sometimes altruism is in me keeping my mouth shut and not saying something for the benefit of them. And when you understand the definition of altruism, it is unselfishly devoting oneself to the welfare, happiness, and well-being of others. Yeah, I can do that through my actions. I can go help you load some wood in the back of your truck. I can help you move a couch. And I can do this without motive. That's great. But what about right here in a conversation when my motive's there? What about when I got an easy piece of tail right here and I know I could take advantage and I'm like, no, I need the sacrifice for the benefit of her. And I fucking leave it alone. Even though she's fucking near all over me. Right? Those are the moments where it's fucking hard. That is altruism too. And maybe that moment where I was still resisting it, that's not altruism. It's an act of altruism because I'm not actually devoting myself to the welfare, happiness, and well-being of her. I just don't want the fucking pain of what could happen. Right? So I'm still, the motive is still self in essence. But it looks like I did the right thing and I actually did do the right thing. So... But five years down the road, when I keep practicing that type of attitude, that exact same situation happens and I recoil from it as a, from a hot flame. Because that's not what I'm about. I don't need that shit. But there's always going to be desires that oppose the grace of God. There's going to be these temptations that want to fucking pull you. But the more you practice this, the easier it gets. And then that peace of mind and serenity in life is just fucking golden, right? So from there, it says, abandon ourselves utterly to him. And when you think of these words, like think of the words, like that's fucking pretty serious business. Abandoning yourself utterly to him. That's like step seven. That's like what Jackson was saying. Step seven, surrender to creator. That's what this is saying. And we will get there. You will get there. And the harder you work in the first year or two of your recovery, the more that like you're listening to me saying this shit, the more that you listen and do the shit I'm saying, which is right here, you will fucking be past that hump in two or three years and you'll be fucking living like your best life. But if you fuck around in these first two or three years, be prepared for a long fucking hard road because it is fucking hard and I see it because you can have one foot in the world of the spirit one day and then you're being a fucking piece of shit the next day. But how you do one thing is how you do everything. So you got to really want to fucking change. The thing about changing is when, when you're one out of 100 people and 99 of them are doing shit like over here that society does. And you're the one fucking walking the other path. You know how fucking lonely that is sometimes? 
that, that drives you closer to God, though. And it's like, it's like, okay, these fucking 99 guys are getting all this shit. They're getting their money. They're getting their fucking status. They're getting their fucking pussy. They're getting all the shit that they want. And here I am fucking turning it away. I'm not accepting the job that fucking wanted to give me a raise. I'm not accepting the hot piece of tail. I'm not fucking getting any of that. Why? Because me and my sponsor and God says it's not a good idea. But I'm like, what the fuck? This is kind of fucked up. <laughs> right? It seems like it's wrong. But as you keep going down that road, you will fucking benefit far more than these 99 guys. And it takes time. It takes commitment. The thing is that these guys know what they're getting right here, right now. Because the ego needs the relief right here, right now. The ego always needs relief now. They're getting the benefit of what they think they're getting in their life now. But the real benefit isn't now. Because there's more than just you right now. There's you in a week. There's you in a month. There's you in five years. There's you with your family. And the benefit of you and the community of you through time is fucking down the road. But you don't know how that looks because it's unknown. There's, there's no... That's part of the journey. That's part of the fun. But at first, it's scary because we all want to control and have... We want to know what's happening. But once you get used to fucking not knowing, that's the fucking adventure. That's the journey, and that's hard. But as you go down that five-year, ten-year journey, your fucking your consciousness is here. These guys are still fucking around down here, fighting everyone, resenting people, doing the same old shit that they've always done because they don't want to change and they can't change. And why should they? And you're over here now. You're getting the piece of tail that's uh, fucking spiritual, committed. You date these chicks, you're always wondering if they're fucking going to cheat on you, what's happening, blah, blah, blah. You date this chick, you don't need to worry about nothing because you're here. And even if she did cheat on you, you're like, fuck, okay, what's the lesson? What's the lesson, right? So, but usually up here, the water finds its own level in work, in, in finance, in status of friends, in opposite sex, in everything. And then everything becomes your teacher even more. Not just people. Now it's like nature. Now it's like everything. The clouds. Like you're hearing answers in every aspect of life. And you're just like, holy fuck. And you guys have heard me talk about the God dope. Mm -hmm. That's the God dope, man. And then being of service. And sacrificing yourself. And the God dope. So it's not ever, it's not the fear of using anymore. You're on a different plane. You know, it talks about in the book, our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. These guys are still fucking around with selfish, self-seeking motives. Our thought life is placed on a higher plane because we've self-sacrificed and we've dedicated our lives to creator and fucking others. Okay. Any questions? Does everyone kind of understand what I'm talking about? Okay. Page 84. So I'm skipping ahead, but I want this to stick in your brains tonight. I'm trying to burn into the consciousness something. And I think it's going okay. Middle of 84. This thought brings us to step 10. So the thought that brings us to step 10, which we're not at yet, is amends. 
okay? It's the thought. It's the amends. It's the fucking justice step. That thought brings us to step 10. Means I've done five or 10 amends and I'm moving into the step 10. Doing no amends, you don't move into step 10. You have to have some concrete fucking amends done, at least five of them in my opinion, before you move into step 10. And if you're not willing to do fucking amends in your step nine, you ain't moving into step 10 with me. Okay. Which suggests we continue. I want you to pay attention to how many times the word continue is used in this paragraph. We continue to take personal inventory. We continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered into the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Learn our lessons. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately. We make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So going back up in the paragraph. We continue, we continue. Continue to take personal inventory in the moment, right now. Not at the end of the night. Anyone in treatment, they teach you take personal inventory at night. That's not what the fuck we're talking about. Step 10 is not taking inventory at night. That's step 11. Treatment centers fuck up our program because they teach people that and then they come in and they share that and then the fucking new people think that that's what it is. That's not what it is. So if you're from treatment and they taught you that step 10 is your nightly inventory, recalibrate yourself so that you're sharing the truth of the message in the rooms because it's really important because more people relapse because they don't understand step 10 out of any other fucking step practical application so you continue to take personal inventory you can continue to set right any new new mistakes as we go along and you don't need to do that by guessing we'll get to how we actually set right the new mistakes as we go along we vigorously commenced think about that vigorously commenced you vigorously began it's not like light man this is like i'm in and I fucking do this without reservation is basically what it's saying. Commenced this way of living. It's a way of living. As we cleaned up the past. So I'm cleaning up the past with the men's. And I vigorously commenced this fucking inventory path moment by moment by moment in my life. We have entered into the world of the spirit. That's really important. Because as you practice what I'm going to show you here, you are entering into the world of the spirit. This is the step that actually brings you closer to God. Because you're going to self-sacrifice yourself with the selfish, self-centeredness, self-seeking, self-centered fear. You're sacrificing that shit in the moments as you're going through the day. And you'll see why we're entering into the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So our next function is to grow in understanding of ourselves and others and effective. How can I be of service? How can I be effective? How can I generate more humility in my life? This is not an overnight fucking matter. It should continue for our lifetime. See, it, we do this for the rest of our lives. But you do this for the first one, two, three years, like what I'm going to explain to you, really fucking heavy. Be willing, without reservation. 
And you won't have to like do that like that for the rest of your life because it'll just work in your life. And that's how you'll live. It'll be the design for living that fucking navigates your whole life. But most people miss this. Okay. If you got a pen, I'm going to get you to write down some little baby numbers in your book because this is important. You're going to see where it says continue to watch. Right before the word continue, you write a little baby number one. So continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, right before when, you write a baby number two. When these crop up, we ask God. Right after up, before we, or no, no, sorry, sorry. We ask God to remove them at once. Right before we discuss, you write a baby number three. We discuss them with someone immediately. And right after and before make, you write a baby number four. Before make? Yeah, right before make. Make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Right after anyone, write a baby number five. And then uh, we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. And if you underline from where you under started at one, right to the last sentence on the five, and you fucking highlight that and you circle it and you embed that into your brain, that will change your life. This is how we go into our day. So I go into my day and I continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I have to be aware. That is the awareness. I have to be aware of what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. If I'm feeling self-pity, if I'm feeling self-righteous, if I'm feeling judgmental, if I'm feeling fucking sad, if I'm feeling pretty much anything, I got a fucking, it says right there, that's the problem, right? That's the shit that I've learned in my fourth column in my step four. Basically, that's your basic knowledge of your step four, fourth column. So I continue to watch for, be aware of these things. And then it says, at once we ask God to remove it. We ask God to remove it at once. Boom. So I start out with the problem of self, fracturedness, broken parts of myself, the stuff that I act out in. I start off with the awareness of that. Boom. That's what I'm thinking. Boom. It tells me what's the first step in my solution. Robin, what is it? Continue to watch. Okay, there's the problem. Now what's the first step in the solution? Number two. Uh, number two. Uh, right. So when they crop up, because they are going to crop up, okay? Because we have a whole lifetime geared to these behaviors. They're not going to be set in reverse at once. They're going to crop up. Your old patterns that you've used your whole life are coming up fucking on the fly as you go through your day, especially at first. That's why I say the first year or two, you work this shit really hard, you'll fucking change it. So the first sponsor essentially in this process is God. The number one go-to, it says we go to God at once and we ask him to remove it at once. Boom. It doesn't say we fucking wait and fucking manage it ourselves and try to figure it fucking out doesn't say any of that. It says you go to God at once, right now. But the only way you're going to do that is if you're aware. 
So awareness first, willingness second. Now willing to follow the process. And then the third thing it says is we talk to somebody immediately. Most of us are not going to fucking talk to somebody else immediately. Why? Because we think we fucking we're old enough. We're adults. I can figure out my own shit. Yeah, you can figure out your own shit right back to the fucking end of a bottle or a crack pipe. That's how that goes. Like it says we talk to somebody immediately. Where else in the big book does it even say fucking immediately? Nowhere. That's fucking important shit. If we're not reaching out and talking to somebody about the shit that just cropped up, I went to fucking God first, now we're talking to somebody. Why? Because when Crystal's fucking stuck in her own shit and she fucking calls me, I'm like, okay, what's going on? The thing is, when Crystal describes what's actually going on, she better tell me the fucking all the truth. That's why rigorous honesty is so important because we're so used to only telling people half-truths because I'm only going to tell you enough that makes me look okay because I my got pride and I don't really want to look like a piece of shit here. I don't really want to look like I'm the reason why this shit happened. So we're always going to try to manipulate how we're fucking delivering something so that we don't look as bad. Why? Because we have a disease of fucking validation. I want to be validated by the person I'm talking about. I don't want to look like the piece of shit. But I said earlier, unless I accept and acknowledge the piece of shit that I am sometimes, that's the humility I need to fucking grow. So I need to accept whatever that is. Yeah, you know what? I did lie. Here's the situation, Bill. I fucking lied to my fucking kids. I'll use my own example because I did lie to my kids. And one of them's right here. <laughs> I think I might have told you guys this story, but I... My girlfriend was leaving the country and I wanted to see her, but I was coming home from work, but I wasn't supposed to be home till the next day, but I got home a day early, but I didn't tell my kids. And then my daughter called me right when I pulled into Calgary, Jillian, and she's like, hey, dad, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm in Saskatchewan. And she's like, oh, you're home tomorrow, right? And I'm like, yeah, I can see you tomorrow because I just wanted to hang out with my old lady, right? And then, but I ran into my dad and then my dad, I didn't even think of it, but then my dad went for dinner with my daughters and fucking mentioned that I was home. And then I'm thinking, like, about two hours later, I'm like, holy fuck, my dad's with my kids, and I saw my dad, and I lied to my daughter, and then right when I'm thinking all this, ring, it's my fucking daughter. Right? And it's this daughter, actually. And she said, you lied to fucking my sister, you piece of fucking shit. She ripped me a new one. She fucking ripped me so bad. Like, actually said, you fucking lying piece of shit. And she was fucking giving her. And this was like four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, about five years ago. And uh, I had nothing. I couldn't even fucking say anything. Because I had made so many decisions based in self. That later placed me in the position to be hurt. And I fucking almost always hurt others. And then I didn't even, they didn't even want to see me, right? And I'm trying to rebuild a relationship with them, right? And then, you know, it, it ended up working out like way later. But I had to build the trust back, right? And like there's a line in uh, step nine, uh, a men's chapter where it says there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. And step nine is about amends, right? What I've learned about the amends to people in my life is the long period of reconstruction isn't I go fucking fix my relationship with anybody. My reconstruction is I fix my relationship with me, with God. 
through my relationship with me and God becoming love, my relationships fix themselves. But we all are, have so much guilt and we want to fucking everything to be better because we're so fucking selfish. We want it our way. We'll go out and fucking make amends and try to fix everything. And, but we don't know we're making decisions based on self. And then we make it worse. What happens? We cause ourselves more shame and then we fucking drink some more. Because there's so many decisions based on self, right? And if you don't understand self, you'll make these decisions constantly. Going, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with the world? What's wrong with everybody else? Fuck. You got to understand what we're dealing with here, right? So, so we ask God at once. We discuss them with someone immediately. So I can help the person on the phone look at the facts. Crystal calls me. Let's look at the facts. Tell me everything, Crystal. All the aspects of it. Tell me all the truths of what you need to tell me. Don't hide anything. And when you really want to grow in this, you'll tell them. You'll tell everything. Okay? So she tells me everything. And then I look at the facts. And then we face the facts. The facts that we're going to face, maybe Crystal doesn't want to face these facts. But she doesn't want to drink and she wants to grow. She wants to learn. So she's going to face the facts that she doesn't want to face. We're going to look at the truth about stock and trade. We're going to look at the truth about the situation, not her truth, because her truth is always skewed with self. Even though she wants to be objective, she's learned through bitter pain, she has to fucking do it this way. And she, we can't always see our own shit, because we rationalize and justify and the most errant bullshit to suit our actions in our life and our inaction in our life. We create our own integrity, but it's false integrity. It's not based in reality. It's based on a lie. And then we believe that, but really where the problems arise from, it doesn't fucking believe it because it knows better. And then the last part of that process is uh, we're trying to find some damaged and unsaleable goods and discard them promptly without regret. So in the phone call, she tells me everything. We look at all this and I can fucking weigh it all out and I can find the damaged and unsaleable goods that Crystal's operating with. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. So she's the business who comes into the program fucking bankrupt. Bankrupt mentally, emotionally, spiritually and physically and oftentimes financially, right? And if a business is to be successful, they cannot fool themselves about their values. <coughs> So we took stock honestly. Everything I'm saying is right out of the mouth of step four, right? This is all step four stuff I'm talking about. Worked in the 10 because all the steps are worked in the 10. So then I say, okay, you're living in resentment. Fuck, you were, your resentment was driven by fear. Fuck, you actually owe this person an amend. And she's like, for fuck's sakes, are you serious? It's the last person I want to give an amend to. Yeah, well, that's my suggestion. I don't know what the fuck you want to do, but... As your sponsor, fuck, I think it's, uh, you better go pray. Here's kind of what you're going to say. Blah, blah, blah. And then she goes and does the amend. Fucking like with humility, right? And I talk about the humiliation and the pain of doing these things. She goes and does it anyway. But her pride and ego do not want to fucking do it. But we need to smash the pride and ego. This is the shit that smashes it. And then when you look at the last piece of what we just read, then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Now she finishes that and she goes and prays for that person who she's fucking a little pissed off at, who she just had to make an amend to. 
And it's not a fucking five second of fucking, I hope he gets everything he wants in life and move on. That's not, that's not what resolutely means. Like as you can see, all you people who are here today, I'm a stickler to the details of what the literature are actually saying. Because the words in the literature actually tell you the story of what we're fucking doing. And the word resolutely means in an admirably purposeful, determined, and unwavering manner. Now I do this in an admirably purposeful. She will go and she will pray in a deep and meaningful sense for this person that hurt her that she relashed back out at because maybe the person actually hurt her too. But as you remember in step four, this is about our side of the street. We resolutely, again, looked for our own mistakes. Disregarding the other person's wrongs entirely, we don't even fucking think about that. This is our shit, not the other person's. The inventory was ours, not the other man's. So then she resolutely prays for this person, wishes them the best, and even if she doesn't want to, that's why we don't pray for five seconds because there's no deep and meaningful sense to that. You pray for a minute. You pray for a minute for someone you don't like, it changes you where the problems arise. It starts changing you. And so what you just read here, this is your practical application of step 10. This little thing right here will change your fucking life. And why is this step 10 tied so much into the six that I want to talk about tonight? Because the six is the willingness to fucking do this shit without reservation. And when you look at the 10, when you start doing this, that's why it says continue. Continue, continue, continue. Vigorously commence this way of living as you cleaned up the path. Because it's saying like, do this. Don't fucking stop. And it ties into the six. Okay? So... I'll just finish with this on the 10. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So over time, okay, love and the tolerance of other people will be your code. Doesn't happen right at first. But as you practice this five-step process in your life as best you can, and when you fuck up, don't worry about it. Just sit back and go, I need to learn the lesson. Because you're not going to fucking tune into this all the time when you're working this when you're new. You're going to fuck up because those old patterns are going to come in. You're not going to turn to God. You're not going to call someone immediately. You're just going to fucking blow it up and fuck it up and then go fuck. But then after a while, you'll be like, okay, I, I want to do this. And then you're going to get willingness again. And you're going to go out and then you're going to fucking blow it again. And then you're going to blow it again. Then you're going to blow it again. And then eventually you're going to go, fuck, this is where I usually blow it. I didn't blow it this time. (laughs) And then you fucking don't act out in self. And then nothing bad actually happens. And you're like, fuck yeah. Right? And then the next time you blow it. But it's a matter of willingness. And I talked like about a millimeter by millimeter journey. This is about, this is the step that separates the men from the boys. Are you going to fucking do this? No matter what, at any cost. Over and over and over. And as you do it, you're the guy walking lonely on this way while everyone else is still fucking around over here. And as you do this, the love and tolerance of others will become your code. 
And you will see these promises in the step 10. For we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Why are you ceased fighting anything or anyone? Because you cease fighting your fucking self. If you're not fighting yourself in your own head, then you won't fight other people. And if you're not fighting yourself and other people, you won't be fighting alcohol. For this time, sanity will have returned. The sanity that returns is you don't run your own fucking life. That's the sanity that you don't learn at first. So the sanity that returns is you just don't drink. You can match the same thought not to drink with a relationship with God. And you don't need to pick up the drink. That's the sanity that returns at first. But like I said, as you work this program over time, you will see that the sanity that returns is you don't run your own life. And you will learn that if you do run your own life, it's insanity. And you won't want to run it. So then you'll dig into this work harder and you'll just be like more diligent and diligent. We will seldom be interested in liquor. We will seldom be interested in lust. We will seldom be interested in gambling. We will seldom be interested in anger, judgment, whatever the fucking fractures are. You will seldom be interested in acting in that. You will recoil from those things from, as from a hot flame. Because you know those things do not serve you anymore. They're the damaged and unsaleable goods that do not serve you anymore. And you've learned over time, fuck that. You will react sanely and normally. You will find that this has happened automatically. You will see that your new attitude towards liquor, towards lust, towards porn, towards gambling, towards anger, towards judgment, towards gossip has been given to you without any thought or effort on your part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it. You're not resisting it anymore. You're not fucking um, tolerating it anymore. You have tolerance for it. Right? You accept people for where they're at because you understand that they're emotionally all spiritually sick and frequently wrong, just like you. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. So you're not resisting the temptation of all that shit anymore. We feel though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. You're placed in a position of neutrality right here. You're all good right here. Safe and protected. So if you're good right here, you place yourself in a position of neutrality right here, you place yourself in a position of neutrality within your fellows. If you place yourself in a position of neutrality here, then you will comprehend the word serenity and you will know peace. You haven't even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. What's the problem that's been removed? Anyone? Me. Self, that's the problem that gets removed through that five-step process on the other page. So continue to watch for Bill. When Bill crops up, you ask God to remove him at once. Then I discuss Bill with somebody immediately. When Bill hurts somebody, I make amends quickly. If I harmed anyone, then I resolutely, Bill resolutely turns his thoughts to someone he can help. Because I'm the fucking problem, right? So, now, we got 10 more minutes. We're going to go to the step six. There's more I could talk about here. 
But let's go to step six so I can pound home at least this first little bit on the first page because this shit will stick with the rest of what we talked about tonight. Step six in the 12 and 12, page 63. If you don't have it in the book, you can pull it up on your phone. Step six, 12 by 12 PDF. And I'm just going to touch base on this first page mostly today. So step six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And you got to think about yourself. You got to think about your recovery. Am I entirely ready to have God remove these things that I admitted are objectionable? Okay. I'm just going to read the step six out of the big book just quickly. It's only one paragraph. Page 76. If we can answer to our satisfaction, then we look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Willingness is fucking massive. But in that step 10, you just found out that the fucking awareness has to be more massive before the willingness. Once the fucking awareness is there of what you're thinking and feeling, my selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, watching for that shit, then willingness has to be paramount because I got the rest of the process to work through, if I'm willing, as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all these things which we admitted are objectionable? Question mark. And we answer that. Am I fucking willing to remove these things that are objectionable in my life? These damaged and unsaleable goods that aren't serving me or anyone else anymore. And I learned that in my step four and five. And I learned how much fucking pain that shit causes others. And I learned that it's actually the cause of my destructive drinking failure at life. Can he now take them all, every one? Fuck yeah. I don't fucking want that shit. If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. If there's something you won't let go, it says right here, you ask God to help you be willing. Whatever it might be. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's fucking sex. Maybe it's porn. Maybe it's who fucking knows. Maybe it's judgment of others. Maybe it's resentment of others. Whatever it is that you can't let go, you ask God to help you be willing. So we are entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. This is the step that separates the men from the boys. So declares a well-loved clergyman who happens to be one of AA's greatest friends. He goes on to explain that any person capable of enough willingness and honesty to try repeatedly step six on all his faults without reservation has indeed any, oh sorry, without any reservations whatever has indeed come a long way spiritually. So let me reread that, okay, without stuttering. Any person capable of enough willingness and honesty, rigorous honesty, to try repeatedly over and over and over and over, continue, 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 continue to watch for. Um, on all his faults, not some of them, not part of them, not half of them, all his faults, without any reservations, whatever. There's the key there. The thing about working on these things is we're always going to have a reservation. Why am I, why am I not going to talk about this person? I'm going to lose like the affection of my friends if I fucking step away from that conversation. So there's the reservation. My selfishness is worried about how I look to other people and I don't want to fucking be alone. 
So the reservation is there. It says to try to get to this point without reservation. With enough willingness and honesty, I try repeatedly step six. I relinquish that defect in that moment without reservation. When I can get to the place that I'm doing that without reservation, I have now entered into step seven, surrender to God. There's no fucking thinking about what am I going to lose or what am I not going to get. I do it because it's the right thing to do and I don't even fucking need to think about it. And then what happens, it says? It says, I have indeed come a long way spiritually. So I get to grow closer to God through these moment-by-moment circumstances, working them repeatedly without reservation on all my fucking faults. And I get closer to God. Why? Because when I just did the step 10, I'm watching for these things. I ask God at once to remove it. I'm always going to God. Help me. Help me, God. Help, relieve me of the judgment. Relieve me of the lust. Relieve me of the anger. And then I talk to somebody immediately. What happens when I talk to somebody immediately? My sponsor, 12-step pillars, recalibrating me back to God. Did you pray to God? Did you ask God? How's God doing in this? Blah, blah, blah. It's always about God. God, 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 God. And then you just, and you can't remove these things by yourself anyway. So we need God for the help. You could wish to be moral. You could wish to be philosophically comforted. You could will these things with all your might, but the needed power, your power is not there. We had to have God's help. Selfish self-centeredness, that we think is at the root of our trouble. We must be rid of the selfishness we must or it fucking kills us. It's not the drugs and the booze that kill us, it's the selfishness. And there seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid, period. We had to have his help. That's the main reason why we're in this program. It's exactly what I just said to you guys. It's about self having God remove the insanity of my fucking bullshit so that I can get closer to him. And really what I'm getting closer to isn't him, it's me. It's my love for my own self. It's the unsuspected inner resource that I have within myself. I didn't know it was there. I didn't know I could rely on this resource for everything. What are resources? Resources are things that we need to live, right? Well, I have a resource right here. And when you think of the word resource, re, Source. I have a resource of the big source up here, wherever it is. So I have a little version right in me that's connected and equal to that. And when I live with that source connected to mine, I'm fucking good to go. And then I'm listening to that. And that's what guides my life. I don't need to shame it. I don't cover it up anymore because I have a step 10 process that keeps the channel clear all the time. If I don't do the step 10, this is what happens to people. They fucking do the 12 steps and they don't know what step 10 is because nobody fucking does. And then they just start running their own life and slowly, slowly over time, they start covering it up again. And then they're restless, irritable, discontented and they think, I've been fucking turning it all over to God. No, they haven't. God's been a theory. If God is a concept only, you will be fucking drunk and high because you will run your life. And in the step three, it says, this concept, what concept? God is the director. I am his agent. He is the father. I'm his child. This concept that I have a new employer is the keystone of the new and triumphant arch which I pass through to freedom. So it's a concept. 
only in step three. I need to take it from a concept, which is just a decision. I need to put action in so it's not a concept, so it's actually reality because a concept is only an idea. If I say I want to put these fucking glasses on, it's a good idea. Concept sounds good. But if I just sit here and don't do anything, fucking nothing happens. Now I take that concept and I fucking grab them and I do this. Now that concept is fucking reality. Now I just put the keystone in the fucking archway. I actually turned it over. That's what step 10 is. Okay. So I'll just finish with this. I am going to rehammer this next week. Has indeed come a long way spiritually and is therefore entitled to be called a man who was sincerely, honestly trying to grow in the image and likeness of his own creator. So through these processes that you guys learned tonight, through the willingness of what step six is, you try to walk in the image and likeness of your creator and your creator's in you. The only thing is it's just covered up with that journey from God as you understood him when you were little through life to where you are now. Now we undo all that stuff and we get back to that fundamental idea. So that's it for tonight. We'll shut it down with a prayer from who wants to pray? Mike. Thank you for tuning in to the UDR cast. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. The viewpoints and the opinions expressed today were solely of the individual sharing them. If you resonated with this episode, please follow us and share this link with anyone that may benefit from it. Please visit us at billward.life to see everything that we have going on. We can recover one person, one family, one community at a time.